Galatians 19 and 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See that thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. This is John the Revelator. He has been carried up in the spirit and seeing a vision of the heavens. And there is a man or an angel that is revealing to him the secrets of the heavens. And the angel is telling him, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony or the evidence of Jesus is the spirit of of prophecy. One more passage of scripture, James chapter 5, verse 13. James 5 and 13. The apostle says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Everybody say, Pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray. Everybody say, Pray. Over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer, everybody say, The prayer. Of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray. Everybody say pray. One for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer. Everybody say prayer. Of a righteous man or woman availeth much. Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. Everybody say, he prayed again. The heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. I have a splattering of notes on the topic of prayer. I think I'm going to call it prophecies, dreams, and visions. And uh, we'll just see what God will do. Would you put your Bibles down? Let's lift our hands to the Lord and ask him to do exactly what he wants to do in this place. Would you pray with me with a loud voice? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come before your presence with hunger, desire, expectancy, urgency to receive from the word of the Lord. I pray this morning in the name of Jesus Christ that the angels of God would be loosed among us today. I pray that Michael would come and break the spirit realm here. I pray that Gabriel would come and speak revelation into the minds of your people. I bind every spirit of darkness that would try to have influence in this church. I bind every spirit and take dominion and authority over every demonic force in this area. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let the church rise up in prayer and in the power of the Holy Ghost like never before. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name, would you clap your hands one more time to the Lord and let's give him a shout of praise in this house. We love you, Lord Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Give somebody a high five at your seat and say, let's have some church at 930. My God, have mercy. To come out at 9 o'clock to have church, you've got to be hungry for something. Let me tell you what. Prayer is an exchange of yourself for God. Prayer is a function of your own willpower to replace yourself, your resources, your time, your energy, your voice for the resources of God, the energy of God, the power of God, the voice of God. 
Prayer is a focused yielding of ourselves to God. When you are in prayer, as we spoke last night, prayer is against the flesh. The flesh does not like to pray. Does anybody understand what I'm saying right now? The flesh does not like to pray. Your flesh will try to distract you, try to wear you out, try to bring stuff to your mind. It'll try to make you think you just prayed an hour and you look at your clock and you prayed for seven and a half minutes. Oh, y'all are all angels here. I'm talking to the wrong crowd right now. I can already tell. Your flesh does not want to pray. The Bible says the carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, it constantly clashes with God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. What is he telling us? Your flesh is in direct opposition to the Spirit of the Lord, to the flow of the Spirit of the Lord. I want to tell you something. Not only does our flesh not like to pray, it doesn't like to worship. It doesn't like to clap. It doesn't like to raise our hands. We would rather somebody else do the work for us. We'd rather somebody else shout for us. We'd rather somebody else lift their hands for us, somebody sing us into the presence of God. That does not work for us to get the experience, the deliverance, the touch, the anointing, the power, the miracle of God that we need. We are the ones that have to lift our voice. We are the ones that have to lift our hands. We are the ones that have to stand to our feet. We might have to do a little jig. You might have to dance. You might have to shout. Last night, people were running the aisle somebody was flipping out on the floor why they are rebelling against their flesh the good news about the flesh is that it can be broken you can overcome your flesh your flesh is telling you just sit there and enjoy the service that is in direct opposition to the will of God if you want to touch him if you want to get a miracle you got to get out of that flesh whatever your flesh is telling you to do you got to rebel against it and as soon as you rebel against it you're going to find Jesus you want to know where Jesus is he He's right where your flesh ends. That's where he is. Uh, you want to know where your miracle is? Uh, it's right where your flesh stops working. That's where your miracle is. Uh, so I'm trying to encourage you this morning. Uh, get out of yourself uh, and worship the Lord like you never have in your life. Uh, you might have to get out of the head nod mode uh, and get into a dance mode. Uh, but if you can get in the spirit, uh, if you can say flesh, uh, you're not going to have dominion over me. You're not going to rule my mind. You're not going to curtail my worship. Jesus is going to touch you. The Holy Ghost will come upon you and you'll leave with your miracle. I do not understand. I do not understand people that can just come and sit in a service. I don't want to understand you. Am I okay? Okay, all right. I'm just great, perfect. I don't understand that. How can you come in the presence of Jesus and sit there and nod your head? Now, the Bible does talk about nodding. There are different levels of worship. There's different levels of praise. The first level of of, of connecting to the move of God is not in your head. We do it in Pentecost. There's different types of head nods. There's the chop. There's the pendulum. There's the let's get crazy. 
You can live in head nod land if you want to, but there was one dude, the Bible tells us that Cain went to the land of Nod. Cain did not have a sacrifice that was acceptable unto the Lord. If you're going to do something to get in the spirit, you're going to have to leave the land of Nod and get in the land of hand clapping, hand raising, stomping. Listen, we're having church. I know it's 940. Did anybody come to have church at 940? Did anybody come to get out of yourself and get in the spirit? Why don't you try something a little bit different? You got one minute right now to get out of yourself. Come on, if you're normally doing this right here, you ought to try this. If you're normally doing this you ought to try this if you're normally behind the pew you ought to take a little lap come on get out of your flesh The devil has no power over somebody that lives in the spirit. The only power the devil has over you is what you give him in your flesh. The Bible teaches us that the flesh comes from the world. The spirit comes from God. The soul is the eternal you. The spirit is the channel that God works through you to touch your soul. The flesh is the realm that the world flows through. Satan flows through. It comes from the earth. It's dust. That dirt. The Bible says when he cursed Satan, what did he say? You're a serpent. Dust shall ye eat. Satan feeds off of flesh. You got unconquered flesh. You are you're advertising for that bear. You're hanging. There's places you can go in Yellowstone and the Smokies. They say, do not hang your trash out. Do not put your trash out. Why? A bear's going to come. When you got unconquered flesh, that bear's sniffing you out, and he's coming to you. He's going to ride you, and he's going to wrestle you, and you're going to come to church and leave the same way that you came. But I'm here to tell you, God has brought me here to tell you. The Lord has brought me here to tell you. It's time to get out of your flesh. It's time to reach. Stop letting the music carry everything for you. When's the last time you had a Holy Ghost breakthrough? When's the last time you got in the Spirit? When's the last time the Lord lifted you up in the heavenlies? When's the last time you got drunk in the Holy Ghost? Come on, who am I talking? talking to there's a new dimension uh, gotta pour upon you if you get out of your flesh <laughs> all right back to the message now prayer is the medium or the channel through which God has chosen to reveal himself to us. And the question, a very good question was asked, if God already knows what's needed, why do we have to pray about it? God already knows you need a miracle in your body. Why do you have to pray about it? God already knows you need a financial blessing. God already knows your issue. Why do we have to pray about it? And one answer to this is that God wants to impart his nature to us. God creates by the power of the spoken word. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. He spoke it. Pow, there was light. Some people have issues with the Big Bang Theory. I believe in the Big Bang Theory. I believe God said, let there be light, and bang, there was light. When he spoke it, it was the speaking of the word that released the power 
to perform it. He worked the same way in the New Testament. The centurion came to him and said, Lord, my servant is sick. Jesus said, I'll come to your house. And the, the, the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter into my roof, but speak the word only. I know if you speak the word, it's going to happen. You may be in another city, another town doing something else, but if you just speak the word, that power is going to follow that word, and my servant's going to be healed. When we pray, we are praying in faith, and we are speaking the will of God. We are speaking in prayer what we believe will be accomplished, and it is the speaking itself that releases the power to perform it. Don't be afraid to speak great things while you're praying. Don't be afraid to speak outrageous things while you're praying. Don't be afraid to speak absolutely powerful things when you're praying. Because when you pray and you're connected to the will of God, that very prayer is what's releasing the power to perform what you are speaking. Jesus said, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, speak to the mountain. Be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Speak to the mountain. So many times we spend time talking to God about our problems. God is saying right here, listen, you need to spend some time talking to your, prob your problem about God. Speak to that mountain. We get into a travail mode, the easiest mode, the, 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 the most relaxing mode, the thing that we are most uh, capable of doing when we pray is travail mode. We come up and just automatically our eyes go like this and our face goes like this. We're like, ah. it just It just happens automatically. And God, you can get far by doing that, but God is trying to shift our faith to where we start speaking to the issue prophesying to the problem it takes greater faith to speak to that mountain than it does to cry to God about that mountain and sometimes we spend all kinds of time talking to God God I'm dealing with this God help me with this God take away this God work this out and the Lord is waiting on you to release the power that he has given you when you speak in the name of Jesus Christ uh, devil get out of my family in the name of Jesus uh, you are releasing the power of God to perform the very words you have spoken uh, sometimes we got to grab ourselves and rechannel our energy it's time to start prophesying sign to the problem and say you're going to move out of the way because God said you're going to move out of the way you're going to get out of my family I'm going to have victory in the name of Jesus Christ stop crying to God about your problem and start speaking to that problem victory is mine victory is mine victory is mine in Jesus name now obviously for the prayer to be answered it must be in the will of God James said, you ask and receive not, because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. In other words, your motives are wrong for asking. I read that scripture that said, you will have whatever you ask for. I've asked the Lord for a million dollars. Anybody else in the building? Look at this right here. There's a few honest people in the house. There's an honest, a wave of honesty is sweeping across the place as we speak. I didn't get it personally. Hopefully y'all got it. I didn't get it. I don't pray the lotto, but I have prayed for my family members that do play the lotto. 
I'm in so much trouble right now. I can already see it. I would never sin like that. God, in the name of Jesus, touch them and give them favor right now. And the Lord did not answer my prayer. Why? Because I guess my motives were wrong for asking for that. You see, the power of God will only be released for the purpose of God. So if we're going to pray effectively, we've got to find out what the purpose of God is and make that our prayer. Jesus said, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But not ye, be not ye therefore like unto them, for our Father knoweth what we have need of before we ask him. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. At the very beginning of the prayer, Jesus says, you need to put this in perspective. Our Father which art in heaven. You're higher than me. You're greater than me. You're better than me. Your will is greater than mine. He says, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come before my will is done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, at the very beginning of the prayer, Jesus is saying, you need to put my power and my purpose above your preference. If we in prayer can put his power and his purpose above our preferences, you're going to get your prayers answered. Anybody want to pray to have a kind of prayer life where God's actually answering your prayers and doing what you're praying for? We've got to align ourselves with his purpose. As soon as we align ourselves with his purpose, all of a sudden the things that we ask for begin to happen. And the most fulfilling part of prayer is not that he will do what we ask. The most fulfilling part of prayer is that he will come to us when we talk to him. He wants to spend time with us. That blows my socks off. This is the greatest experience life has to offer. David said, thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Nothing in this life can compare to the presence of the Lord. In our prayer time, we need to take time to aggressively pursue his presence. I've been all over the world. I've preached all kinds of things. I've been around all kinds of people. I've been to Disney World several times. Nothing can compare to the presence of the Lord. I'm not just talking about feeling goose pimples, y'all. I'm not talking about just getting chills. I'm talking about his presence. When he, rev when he takes the blinders off, when he takes, he strips away the, the, the invisible realm that he walks in. All of a sudden, you understand he's actually here right now. When you tap into that level, your worship takes on a whole new dimension. When you tap into that level, will you recognize he's here? What would some of y'all do if y'all saw him right now? I mean, seriously, does anybody need a miracle in the house? Anybody need a miracle? Did y'all know Jesus does miracles? What if you saw Jesus in his robe standing right up at the tip of this platform right now and you saw the nail scars in his hand and he was just standing here? What would you do? You wouldn't sit there and be nodding. You might elbow somebody in the face climbing out of a pew. That's what you probably do. And you would run to him. And I would, I would be the first to him. I would grab his feet and I would say, you ain't going nowhere. 
till I get what I need. I, I would scream. I wouldn't care less about what you thought about me. I could care less about how much I cried. I could care less if I left a snot stain on the altar. I couldn't care less because I've got Jesus. Did you know you can tap into that realm even though he's invisible? Why don't you treat him like you could see him? If you treated him like you could actually see him, it will dawn upon you that he's actually here. If you will treat him like you could actually see him, it will dawn upon you that he's actually here and when it dawns upon you he's actually here you'll remember you know what not one single person was ever turned away that needed a miracle from Jesus not one he never rejected anybody that had a pain in their body. He never rejected anybody that was dealing with the devil. He never rejected anybody that was dealing with emotional problems. He never even rejected the outcasts of society, the lepers that nobody else would touch. He would touch them. That will come to your mind. If he's really here, I can really get what I need from him. But for that to happen, you've got to act like he's here. What am I telling you? Treat him like you can see him. Treat him like you can actually see him. Behave like you can actually see him. And you'll realize he's here. There is a difference between grace and favor. Grace is given. Paul said in Romans 12 and 3, grace was given unto me. Paul said in Ephesians that we are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. This is something that is given to us. 1 Corinthians 1 and 4, Paul said grace was given to us. But favor must be found. The Bible says Noah found favor, Moses found favor, David found favor, Esther found favor, Mary, the mother of Jesus, had to find favor. When the angel came to her, he said, fear not, Mary. She said, what, what are you talking about? How can these things be? Fear not, Mary, thou hast found favor with God. Favor has to be found. Grace is what the Lord has given to us without condition. Grace is receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Grace is somebody coming up here. They were a dirty dog yesterday. They lied, cheated, stole. They could have murdered somebody yesterday. But if they come up with a repented spirit in the presence of the Lord... There is no condition. There's no prerequisite. There's no qualifying attributes. Grace will come out of heaven and will come upon them, and they can receive the Holy Ghost. It is a given. Baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is grace. Being added to the family of God, having the name of Jesus applied to your life, that is grace. You don't have to work for that. It is already there. Jesus worked for that. Jesus paid the price for that. But favor must be found. Favor we have to work for. Revival is not grace. Revival is favor. The demonstration of the Spirit through a life is not grace. That is favor. The power of the anointing upon a life is not grace. That is favor. That is favor. You notice that Jesus never gave us a guideline for how much to pray? 
He says, pray when you pray. And there was all kinds of examples of him praying all night, the disciples praying. He doesn't tell us how much to fast. There's 40-day fast. God help them. There's 21-day fast, 10-day fast, 3-day fast. Esther fasted with no food and water. But in all these things, Jesus never said, I want you to fast this much a week, and I want you to pray this much a day. He never said that. Why? Because it is a function of favor. How much favor do you want from God? you got to go find it. When you get favor, God will set you up for miracles. When you go after favor, God will set you up for miracles. I'll never forget as long as I live. I was praying <clears throat> in our church. And you have to be creative to pray in our church because there's people there praying all the time. And <clears throat> the only place that was available was the nursery. And this was before I was married and had kids. And the smell of poopy diapers was incredible. I gag if I, if I smell stuff like that, even to this day. My poor wife got sick a few days ago, and I was, I was gagging all day long, changing those poor boys. God have mercy. It was incredible. And that smell was there, and I had no place else to pray. And whoever was supposed to change the trash didn't change it, and they had been seasoned overnight. And it was a putrid odor. And I was in there praying, and I couldn't focus on anything. I prayed for two hours, couldn't focus on nothing except poopy diaper smell. And, yeah, it was tough. After the prayer meeting, I was going to go home and study, and I was walking out of the nursery, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to go outside and study. And it struck me as, as weird, and, and um, I didn't really understand the voice of the Lord at that time in my life, but it came with a little squirt of adrenaline when he spoke that. And I was like, man, I don't want to miss whatever might happen here. And so <clears throat> I just had a brand new laptop. I had a Celeron processor, processor HP. It had like 64 gigabyte of, of RAM, and it was a machine, man. I think it had a 120 gigabyte hard drive. It was awesome. And I had PC Study Bible on there, and that's what you use to get revelation from God. And so I was ready to study. And I took that outside, and <clears throat> the sun was setting. And I sat on the bench and just started enjoying the presence of the Lord studying. And as I was there, there's a gymnasium across from our church at a catacorner. And there's a, a sidewalk that connects our church to the gymnasium. And as I opened my laptop and began to study, the doors to that gymnasium burst open. And a gentleman had his baby in his arms. And that baby was limp. He was as limp as a noodle. And that dude was screaming at the top of his lungs, he's not breathing. He's not breathing. And I took a quick look at him, and his ears were covered in blood. His face was covered in blood. There was blood all down his body. They had stripped off his clothes. They had tried to resuscitate him. They could not resuscitate him. He was gone. He, he waddled out onto the basketball court. He was about a year and a half old. He had he'd waddled out there, and some big old boys had fallen on top of his head and crushed his baby head into that concrete. And you could actually see kind of an impression on his, on his left side, on his head, where it had been crushed. And they brought him. I, I ran to the church and opened the door, and it dawned upon me. God had set me up. And that baby was covered in blood, and they laid him on the altar, and that blood stained the altar. I'll never forget it. It took them several years to get that blood out of the altar. And they put that baby down there, and the Holy Ghost came on me. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
by the authority of the Word of God. I call upon the working of miracles, and I command life to come back into this baby's body in Jesus' name. And when we shouted in Jesus' name, that baby that was not breathing all of a sudden came back to life in a single instant. He came back to life. God healed that little baby boy right there, right on that altar. God set me up because I, I don't know how I did it. I guess just because I stayed and I wouldn't leave. I stayed no matter whether I was feeling God or not. You know, God pays attention to that. When you keep on praying, you might not feel nothing, and you just keep on praying. You know what you're doing? You're getting favor. You're getting favor, and God's going to set you up. He's rearranging your life. You're about to see God work for you in a way you never have before. I want to tell you something. God healed that little baby. We took him to the hospital, and they did x-rays on him. He was still kind of acting funny, so we kept on praying and took him to the hospital, and they said he's going to be brain dead. He's going to have massive issues in his brain. They, they, they came out. Half the church showed up over there, and I was walking down the hospital aisle, up and down the hospital hallway in the emergency room. You could, when you got the Holy Ghost, you could care less about what people think about you, okay? And, and so they brought out, and they said, he's going to have massive brain damage. You know, he's, he's not going to be the same human being he was before. And we kept on praying. They went back in to work on him some more. About 10 minutes later, they came back out and said, you know what? Something's up with the x-ray machine because what looked like huge brain damage and swelling of the brain is now just a little spot of bleeding on that that place where the language is he's going to have major speech impediments but he's going to be all there this is a good sign and we didn't accept that either we kept on praying they came out 10 minutes later they said i promise you they said there was a smudge on the on the x-ray there's no problem with his brain whatsoever he just got a little cut on his ear send him home he's totally fine god can do that with somebody that has favor what am i telling you keep on praying keep on praying keep on praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop reaching. God wants to give you favor. You see, we apply the grace equation to the rest of our walk with God. We just think we can come up and the preacher's going to speak a word of faith and we got the Holy Ghost. We think everything else in our life is going to happen like that. You're applying the grace equation to what should be the favor equation. Some, some things only come by prayer and fasting. I'm going to tell you one more story and I'm done. Another time God set me up. I was at the University of Florida. I had been on a long fast and I was finishing my career there, and there's a place at the University of Florida called the Plaza of the Americas. It's where all the kids go out and they eat free food, and they just lay on the grass and play guitars, and it's just, just a big college kid hangout. And while we were there, this particular day, there was a bunch of Hare Krishnas out in the lawn. Y'all have Hare Krishnas here? Okay, they wear like pink robes, you know, pastel colors, and they, they're like, Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare that's pretty close to what they actually do right there. And so they were out there, and they're dancing and singing their songs about Hare Krishna, and they're feeding these kids free food. And the whole thing is just evil, just evil. And so 
<clears throat> I was very bashful at that point, and I was scared to death to talk to people. And so under my breath, I was saying, I curse this spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And I just walked right off the plaza to my car. And as I was walking, I noticed there was a man sitting on a bench. He had a white robe, and he was very elderly. I'd never seen him before. He had the big Hindu mark on his head. And there was a line of students walking up to him, and he would put his hands on these students, and they would bow to him, and he would pray over them and touch them, and then they would walk away. And it felt very wicked to me. And so I'm, I'm binding that spirit. I'm cursing, and I'm, I'm condemning it, and I'm walking away. And the Lord said, go talk to him. And as we all would do, I just said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that voice right there. <laughs> that is not God. Get thee behind me, whoever you were. But that little squirt of adrenaline was there. I knew it was the Lord. And I kept on walking, acting like I didn't hear anything. And he said, go talk to him. And at this point, I said, Lord, I, there's people all around him. What do you want me to do? Just go interrupt. And I'm now, now I'm out there talking to myself in front of all these kids. And, and, and I finally turned around to make my point, And the last student was walking away from him. And the Lord said, go talk to him. So I had my Oakleys on, my backpack. I was real cool. I walked up to that bench, and he had moved to one side of the bench. He had turned one direction, and I was, I sat on the other side just, you know, I was just there doing my thing. I didn't, I wasn't there for him at all. I, that's how I was acting. And I turned the other direction, and finally I just got sick of it, and we both turned to face each other at the same time. And I took my glasses off, and when that dude looked into my eyes, he freaked out. He probably was in his late 60s, he freaked out. He started gasping like a little child that just saw the boogeyman. And he said, I can't talk to you. I can't talk to you. And I said, well, I had no clue what was happening. I said, why can't you talk to me? I, I'm, I, I'm, you know, why, why don't you want to talk to me? He says, I'm not allowed to talk to you. I am not allowed to talk to you. And he had his Hindu Bible, and he picked it up, and he shoved it in my face. And he said, you've got to read this book. I can't talk to you unless you read this book. And he kept trying to hide my eyes. And I was like, I'm not going to read your book. I'm not going to do it. And, and he said, well, then I can't talk to you. And he just sat there shaking and trembling. And finally, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And he said, the spirit that is inside of him recognized is the spirit that's inside of you. That's what happened. God set me up to show me what kind of authority I actually had in the spirit. And that old man looked at this young college kid and he said, may I please leave now? This dude was asking for my permission because I didn't realize that it was my territory. It was my campus. It was my authority to have. I want to tell you something. God didn't have to do that for me. I don't know why God did that for me. All I can say was somewhere in a prayer meeting, somewhere because of my fasting, God said, I'm going to give you favor. And when you got favor, God will set you up for miracles. Uh, you know what God's trying to do to Atlanta West? Uh, he's trying to send you out of this building uh, so you'll turn this area upside down. Uh, that's what he's trying to do to you. Uh, he's trying to set some of you up for favor. Some of you last night tapped into a dimension uh, that you've never been in your life. You better get ready. God's about to pour his favor upon you, but you got to go after it. It will not come normal. That's why you got to work to get out of your flesh. Uh, you got to work to get out of your routine. You got to work to get out of that rut. We got to have favor, Jesus. Somebody lift your hands right now. I feel the Holy Ghost flowing in this house. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Lift your hands. Lift your voice.
Come on, I want some of you prayer warriors that were here last night. I want you to start doing your thing. In the name of Jesus, I'm all done preaching. This seems like a good time to pray right now. I know this is different. This has kind of been a shotgun blast about prayer. But come on, how much favor do you want? Uh, how much favor do you want? You got to go after it. Uh, sometimes you got to get aggressive. Uh, you need a miracle in your family. You need a miracle. You want the demonstration of the Spirit. You want an anointing. Uh, you got to go after favor. I encourage you right now, if you want the favor of God, uh, get out from behind that pew and make yourself known to the Lord right now now. Make yourself known to the Lord. Uh, say, I've got to have it. Uh, I've got to have it. Uh, I'm tired of living off of grace. Uh, I want some favor. I want to find favor. I want to have that kind of favor. That's it. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be inhibited. Lift your voice. Lift your hands. Uh, come on. Sometimes you got to scream out to get God's attention. Sometimes God is going to see how bad you really want it. Uh, come on. Mary found favor when nobody was watching. Uh, David found favor when nobody was watching. Uh, come on. Don't worry about anybody else around you. If you want an anointing like you've never had before, if you want the power of God uh, like you've never had it before, it's time to pray like we've never prayed. Uh, it's time to fast like we've never ever fasted. I've got to have some favor. I've got to have some favor, Jesus. I want you to set me up for a miracle, God. That's it. I see a lot of tears right now. I see a lot of people travailing right now. I see a lot of people reaching right now. That's it. Reach for it. Reach for it. Reach for it. Come on. I can't give you favor. Come on. Your neighbor can't give you favor. The person you're praying for, the person you're praying around can't give you favor. You got to get God's attention. Uh, come on. Get out of your flesh. Get out of your flesh. If you're used to just coming and lifting your hands, uh, you ought to try a little dance. Uh, if you're used to just coming and lifting your hands and closing your eyes, uh, you ought to try shouting to the Lord. Uh, as soon as you get out of your flesh, Jesus uh, is going to show up. Uh, Jesus is going to show up. Jesus is going to show up. I want you to start prophesying right now. I want you to start speaking to the problem. Come on, don't pray about it anymore. Speak to it. Speak to that problem, whatever you're dealing with, whatever the problem is, whatever miracle you need. I want you to begin to command. It takes more faith. It takes more faith than just coming up here and travailing. Come on, begin to speak to that issue in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I will have the victory. We will see the miracle. We will see the backslider return. We will see the revival. We will see the healing in the name of Jesus Christ.
Why don't you grab somebody around you and begin to pray? God, give them favor. God, pour your favor on them. God, help them to do what they need to do to get that favor. Come on, grab somebody, grab somebody, grab somebody, grab somebody. Come on, put your hands on somebody. Pray, 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 pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, this whole revival's about been about prayer. This whole revival's been about being ready in the spirit, going deeper in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I know it's the morning, but we can get in the spirit. God, give him favor. God, give him favor. God, give him favor. God, give him favor. Something's breaking out right now. Something's breaking. Uh, something's breaking in the spirit right now. Come on, how much do you want? How much do you want? How much do you want? All you got to do is reach for it with all of your heart. All you got to do is reach for it. I want favor, Jesus. There are people pressing into a new dimension right now. There are people reaching into the heavens right now. Come on, if you want it, you need to say, God, I don't want to be an ordinary Christian. I don't want to just sit on a pew and come to church. I want the demonstration of the spirit of my life. I want favor. I want angels appearing to me. I want my visions. I want my dreams. I want to prophesy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
Hallelujah. That's it. Go after it. Go after it. Go after it. I will not stop until he hears me. I will not stop until he speaks to me. You may not feel anything, and that's okay. God's paying attention to your prayer right now. God's paying attention to your effort right now, and he's going to give you favor. He's going to give you favor.